Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. You're with Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, welcome, folks. Welcome. It's Thursday. You're listening to TNT, today's News Talk. I'm Patrick Henningsen, your host. Thank you guys for joining us for this live broadcast. We've got a lot of ground to cover today, and there's a lot of things we need to touch on. We'll get updates uh, from Gaza with Basil Valentine in the first hour. And also in the second hour, we're going to be joined by Dr. Jean Aramton, Middle East expert, a scholar on Turkish Ottoman Middle Eastern history. He's going to join us in the beginning of the second hour uh, to talk about the updates on that situation. Also, President Erdogan has really come out firing uh, against the Israelis, specifically calling out Benjamin Netanyahu as a genocidal war criminal, etc. They vowed that there's going to be consequences for Israel. What's that going to mean in terms of what's Turkey going to do? Are they going to cut off the oil that they facilitate and deliver to Israel? Are they going to cut off some of the partnerships that they have with Israel that they've developed uh, over the years, especially in recent years? Is there going to be any traction to that? Is there, in other words, is there going to be any actions uh, that are going to follow the words of Erdogan? We'll find out from Dr. Jean Aramton in the second hour. We're also going to be joined by our research assistant for the show, Christian James. He's got a couple of brilliant stories he's going to share with us. One of them is green surveillance. Green surveillance. You don't like the sound of that, do you? I certainly don't like the sound of that either. Christian's going to bring that story to the fore for us using satellites to sort of surveil people to see whether they're sort of, you know, within their carbon footprint, surveilling businesses. This is where it's heading, folks, and it's going to be combined with AI. If this sounds like a dystopian nightmare to you, you're absolutely in the same camp as us. We don't like any of it at all. I'm personally (laughs) been warning about this for a very long time. And this is the problem with, it's one of the big problems with AI is that you can just outsource the sort of human work. But the problem is, at least with humans, you have some sort of discrimination. You have some sort of ability to separate uh, what's legal, what's not legal, uh, what's intrusive, what's not intrusive. With AI, it's just full-on data collection. goes into a big tranche, and then you have some technocrats using another AI system to trawl through that data and then they'll spit out whatever their sort of takeaways are in terms of what that data means and then find out who's in violation of what, who's going to be fined, who's going to be penalized. That's basically where we're heading. That is a full-blown technocracy. And this is an authoritarian's dream, uh, to put it lightly. Anyway, we'll talk about that with Christian in the second hour. He's got a few of those interesting stories uh, to share with us. And uh, just just all hot off the wires, actually, just now the United States has finally broken their silence. (laughs) This is kind of, we're deeply concerned, says the White House. What are they deeply concerned about? They're deeply concerned over the fact that seven medical staff members at Jordan's field hospital in northern Gaza were wounded in an Israeli airstrike says White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, who used to basically be a coffee runner for Hillary Clinton, if you remember back in 
2015. So Jake Sullivan posted this on X Twitter and did not mention who was responsible for this shelling. So an explosion happened. This is how the U.S. media is doing the propaganda now. Oh, there was an explosion at the hospital. They don't say that Israel did it. It was an explosion at the hospital. And we're, we're, we're deeply concerned about the medical staff that have been killed and wounded. So imagine doing basically medical work, relief work for the U.N., for Doctors Without Borders, for international charities, of which there are many in Gaza. And here you're working, the Jordanian government's laid on some help for the Palestinians as they're getting basically genocided by the IDF. With U.S. bombs, U.S. is deeply concerned. Well, that's nice. So what's this, five weeks later now? We're well over a month into this. And how many hospitals have been hit? How many people working in hospitals? How many doctors? When were we on this story, by the way? When were we on this story? About a month ago, right? Yeah, about a month ago. Dur nurses, doctors, medical workers, killed, wounded, not able to work, no staff. The body bodies are coming in fast and furious. The citizens of Gaza, we were deeply concerned a month ago. We were calling out these war crimes. And the, the White House has just managed to summon the courage. After five weeks. Isn't that lovely? Well done, Jake Sullivan. I think we should nominate Jake Sullivan for a Nobel Peace Prize just for raising the issue after a month, a week. Uh, deeply concerned. Can't seem to condemn Israel. That would be a bridge too far, of course. I guess these were spontaneous explosions at the hospital. Don't call them bombs. Don't call them missiles. Call them spontaneous explosions and he goes on he says we are profoundly grateful to the medical professionals providing critical care to the palestinians in gaza says sullivan their essential role in the conflict must be protected a spokesperson for jordan's ministry of foreign affairs slammed israel for exposing the hospital and staff to the dangers during its bombing campaign of the palestinian neighborhoods killing over well over 11 12,000 this 12,000 civilians killing over 4,500 children uh over 2,000 women and thousands are still missing and under the rubble these are defenseless unarmed civilians not Hamas terrorists Israel cannot seem to generate any claims data or evidence of killing any actual Hamas commanders so think about that for a moment They've basically leveled a major urban city, which is effectively a concentration camp managed by the state of Israel for the native population to sort of live in there, die in there, whatever, be ethnically cleansed out into the Sinai Desert. We're not sure. But anyway, the spokesperson for Jordan basically said exposing the hospital and staff to dangers during the bombing campaigns is a clear violation of international law. And they're going to take legal and political steps in response. Uh, we'll see what we'll see what form that takes. Who knows? Who knows? Now we want to point out there's been some interesting developments. So that's back in Washington. Why would the Biden White House be compelled to make such statements? They're definitely under pressure. Um, there was a big protest outside the DNC headquarters, the Democratic National Committee in Washington. And this was kind of interesting if you think about 
let's compare this to January 6th. So these were pro-Palestinian supporters, which Hamas, which Fox News calls uh, Hamas supporters or anti-Semitic protests. Okay, that's what Fox and uh, Jake Tapper on CNN are calling these. Um, in reality, they're uh, pro-Palestinian demonstrations outside the DNC. So they wanted to put pressure directly on the party to stop Israel's genocide in Gaza. Of course, this is very controversial in America because stopping genocide and calling for ceasefires is now a controversial position in the politically confused world of the United States of America. So this is interesting. So lawmakers were calling for a lockdown of how the house office building. So in literally instructed lawmakers to go shelter in place in the basement because of the pro-Palestinian protesters outside. So this is interesting. Compare this to January 6th. These are the, some of the same lawmakers that were calling. You remember when AOC was locked in her office, the squad, the radical progressive uh, Democrat, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, they're calling her a snowflake uh, locked in her office during the J6 thing, even though she was like quite a distance away from the actual protests. She said she feared for her life, etc. She hammed it up, of course. But what's interesting is how the Republicans and some hawkish uh, Democrats even were were basically calling her a snowflake uh, for that. And here you have a similar situation. Turnabout is fair play. And so this is kind of like the, uh, the Zionist version of the siege of J6th on Capitol Hill. So now the GOP are the snowflakes. Shelter in place. Shelter in place. So they're calling all these uh, mostly white female college students protesting as Hamas terrorist sympathizers, and they don't feel safe in Washington, etc., uh, because they're being besieged by all sorts of, uh, I don't know, the Rainbow Coalition, whatever you want to call it, the Rainbow Alliance, all sorts of motley crew of mostly people on the political left. Apparently, this is too much. And it's uh, striking fear into the hearts of lawmakers. And they have to go shelter in place. And so they've closed down the House office buildings. Kind of a repeat of J6. Isn't that interesting? That's very interesting. Just more meaningless drama coming out of Washington. Meanwhile, the world is burning. And Joe Biden is trying to find his uh, way to the kitchen in the morning to get a cup of Ovaltine and uh, try to read uh, his copy of the Washington Post. So that's what's happening right now in America. So anyway, what we'll do right now is we will take a break with TNT, today's news talk, and on the other side, we will endeavor to connect Mr. Basil Valentine. We'll get deep into the latest, the updates on Gaza, the Middle East, and beyond. I'm Patrick Henningsen, your host. This is TNT, today's news talk. We'll be right back. TNT Radio's Hervoy Morich. It's reported out in Canada that last year, 4.1% of all deaths in Canada were due to made medical assistance in dying. The country's eugenics 
program. This is according to the country's health ministry. 13,241 people died under the MAID program. And uh, it says the program was criticized for allegedly driving citizens into assisted suicide on the grounds of poverty or lack of health care. Stories included two separate cases of cash-strapped women suffering from chronic health conditions who successfully applied to end their lives. Four Canadian military veterans were allegedly pressured to opt for medically assisted death by a now suspended Veterans Affairs Canada case made program or in other words is RJ Rommel would call it democide death by government pretty much it's a brave brave new world Hervoy Morich on today's news talk TNT radio Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. The conversation continues. We chose not to vaccinate our children because we feel like the shot posed more threat than the disease. On today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. We're in hour number one of this live broadcast. Thank you for rejoining us. I'm Patrick Henningsen, your host. Hello to everybody in the TNT chat community. Great to see you guys in there. It's bustling as usual with our regular and usual suspects milling about there. Great opposition research, great links. Appreciate you guys in there keeping it real, keeping it alive at tntradio.live. Just go to the chat room. You'll see the bubble uh, down in the lower right-hand corner. You can log in. It'll keep you logged in. So when you pop in every day on this program, you'll be straight into the TNT chat. That's where you want to be. That's the place to see and be seen. TNT chat community, the best in the world. Now, I want to welcome onto the stage our trusted friend, our pundit, our ally in international affairs, Mr. Basil Valentine, joining us, host of Compass with Basil Valentine, Daily News Digest, International Digest on TNT, 12 p.m. UK time, Monday to Friday. Basil, how are you? Very well, thank you, Patrick. Good to be with you, and hello to listeners all around the world. It's great to have you with us as well, Basil, and I'm sure you're watching attentively over the last 24 hours. The uh, developments are certainly getting, well, worrying in some sense. It looks like the Israelis are, are planning to permanently occupy northern Gaza. Al-Shifa Hospital seems to be the center of drama, as well as the very interesting types of propaganda videos the IDF have been putting out in their search for their elusive search i should say basil for the uh hamas command centers that are under all these hospitals allegedly but their propaganda doesn't look like it's very good i thought they would be doing a better job on the propaganda but it, they seem to be about as ham-fisted as saddam hussein's info ops it's literally at that level if you've noticed basil go ahead yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, Patrick, I find watching those propaganda videos rather sickening. But from what I have seen, um, they claim to have discovered about a dozen Kalashnikovs in the Al-Shifa hospital uh, and some body armor. So, you know, patients have been shot by snipers through hospital windows. Nurses have been assassinated in order to discover a cache of weapons that is sort of concomitant with uh, an armed robbery gang. No more than that. And uh, in a macabre sort of way, the collection of Kalashnikovs pretty much represents the 
arsenal of the state of Palestine. Uh, certainly, if we believe the Israelis are saying that this is the this is the headquarters of Hamas, then uh, they only have a few glorified rifles to their name. The tunnels underneath the hospital were concreted up a long time ago, but the Israelis are burrowing away, creating new ones. But there were no actively used tunnels under the hospital, no command and control centre. So that's all been thoroughly debunked, but at the cost Wait, of dozens of... Hold on, hold on. So, so, so they're looking for tunnels... They couldn't find tunnels, so Israel is digging tunnels. Is that did I get yeah. that right? Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, I don't know. Wow. I don't know why they. I don't know why they're digging. I'm gonna have to look into that. But um, yeah, that's they're looking for China, digging their way to China. Maybe I, I'm sorry. Something like that. Yeah, ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. They could have planted the weapons, Basil. Um, that's one thing that some people have, you know, raised as a possibility. I wouldn't put it past them. Yes. Did you see them carrying the boxes in? And writing in big English and taping signs to the boxes, saying they're bringing aid to the hospital that they've been shooting up. Did you see that? Yeah, part? I mean it's just obscene. It really is. Yeah, I you don't know, know who they um, who they think they're fooling. I, I, I it's certainly, I mean, not the public. Doctor Mads Gilbert. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He, he's a Norwegian specialist anaesthetist who's made regular visits to Gaza uh, with various um, you know, medical charities and what have you. And he was asked by Amy Goodman to comment on the situation at Al-Shifa, where he knows many of the staff still working there. And uh, he said, if you gave me a choice between being in hell and being in Al-Shifa, I would choose hell. You know, it's that bad. Um, no medicines, no electricity uh you know people just sort of literally dying by the minute by the hour because uh, the staff are unable to provide them with the care that they need so you know all this set against this sort of mythology really of october the 7th because that's what it is now the uh, events of that day certainly not as was initially portrayed in western media the figure of 1400 that's gone out the window although it's still being repeated as are lies like you know hamas cut fetuses out of pregnant women's bellies um and burned babies in ovens and all that sort of thing and medea benjamin uh, who is jewish herself of code pink the anti-war movement in the united states went to washington to protest at the pro-israel rally where the likes of Chuck Schumer shared a platform with the new Speaker of the House of Representatives, Mike Johnson, and um, John Hagee, oh. who, uh, who stood there to, Israel is the shining light on the horizon. I mean, it's bizarre, shatological stuff. But Medea Benjamin was just there, stood silently holding a sign saying, um, Jews call for ceasefire now. And she was verbally abused by uh, anti-ceasefire protesters. They were chanting no ceasefire in Washington a couple of days ago. And they repeated, of course, some of the lies that were told in the immediate aftermath of October the 7th. You know, beheaded babies, babies in ovens, uh, rape and torture, all these things which didn't happen. 
But, you know, as we know with propaganda, Patrick, if you get your lie in early, then it sticks, particularly with people who want or choose to believe it. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's and, true. And, and, that's, and that's and that seems to be the case, not just with the people on Capitol Hill, but uh, across the American political spectrum. The lies have stuck. And that all feeds into the demonization of Hamas and the demonization of the Palestinian people as a whole. Um, and, and is used, therefore, in an attempt to justify the massacres, the genocide and the ethnic cleansing that we're now witnessing. That's what I said uh, early in the week, Basil. I said that, uh, you know, if you, you remember the Syrian war, do you remember the images of a dusty boy, the little Syrian boy that was on the front page of every uh, newspaper, every media outlet in the world, and you know they, he was sitting in an ambulance, and they said, "Oh, look at the trauma they put this child through, the the brutal Assad regime and their barrel bombs." Well, there's no evidence of barrel bombs, but the Western public trauma bonded with this uh, the idea of this uh, Syrian boy that was supposedly targeted by the evil Assad. In reality, the story was the opposite. They were hit by the moderate rebels, more likely the building that this child was in. But just the trauma of the child was enough to trigger Western outrage and total support for military intervention and aid for the rebels, etc., in Syria to keep that war going. Meanwhile, Basil, the, the Western public have not been instructed to trauma bond with the Palestinian children, that, that, that the connection hasn't been made. They don't have no, they haven't right. opened their heart with empathy. Why is that? It's just really because there's a they haven't been instructed to do that through the propaganda. That's, that's the only explanation I can think of. Yeah, that's right. It's the framing, it's the reportage, it's the fact that the Palestinian children are not given names. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of different ways in which uh Western media, you know, describes the Palestinians as having simply died. It never says they were murdered. It uh, refers to Hamas attacks on October the 7th as brutal and uses adjective prefixes to uh, further enhance the public's sort of um, hatred of the events of October the 7th. But of course, Many, 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 many times more people have been killed and mutilated by the Israelis um, since. And yet you never see the brutal, you never see the BBC or Channel 4, any of the CBS, NBC, any of them ever saying um, Israel's brutal assault on Gaza, Israel's never. inhumane bombardment of Gaza, Gaza civilians. Adjectives like that are never used to describe what Israel is doing, but always applied to what anything the Palestinian kind of resistance the Palestinians put out. And I, I said during the monologue uh, just before the segment, Basil, that uh, the, even Jake Sullivan issued this uh, statement. They're deeply concerned that the Jordan Field Hospital medical workers have been wounded, maybe one killed uh, it, from explosions. They won't even mention Israel in this. I know. It's ridiculous. I know. This is it's insane. It's as if it's a gas explosion or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, a gas, a gas explosion. I, I mean, the scenes uh, from Gaza today of people fleeing, uh, you know, they're pushing people on hospital beds down rubble-strewn roads littered with corpses, you know. 
while uh you know people carry um you know fluid bags for intravenous drips people in wheelchairs being pushed along uh you know these are sort of scenes as bad as any we have seen on planet earth not just in our lifetimes but going back to the second world war or you know any event really that historical event that where cares to think of in terms of examples of man's inhumanity to man and now it seems that having uh told gazans to leave the north and head south the israelis are now dropping leaflets in southern cities and in khan yunis and other places that were previously thought safe although i hesitate to use that term because nowhere in gaza is safe um those two now are being exactly evacuated so you know we're seeing a sustained program of genocide and ethnic cleansing and yet last night in the house of commons when british parliamentarians were given the chance to vote on the subject they declined to call for a ceasefire in one of the most disgraceful episodes in the history of the uk parliament yeah you're correct that that's what happened they uh they did and and you know the the voting record is there for the public to see for the most part anyway you know these people on the labor side are you know not surprising on the conservative tory side of course tremendous pressure to conform that's with right. icom and the israeli embassy but what about the labor side i mean i i do see you know you got your usuals uh, diana abbott kate awesome you got on the no votes was interesting they're kind of re-emerging, you know, again, after fears of being branded an anti-Semite after the slaying of Jeremy Corbyn and Ken Livingston and Chris Williamson. But they're still there. There's still some moral impulses that are visible uh, on, on the labor bench. But, you know, obviously they're, they're heavily muted uh, under this kind of whip of intimidation being wielded by starmer and and really the, the the israeli lobby in the background i mean they're ready to pounce on anybody that's calling for a ceasefire and brand them as a i don't know what hamas well i don't think yeah that tends to be it uh, rather than anti-semite I mean, which obviously holds no water at all at the moment how you can say or attempt to claim that somebody who wants to stop the massacre and mutilation of children. I discovered today that the most common age, the most often recurring, I think that's the mode, isn't it, in uh, mm -hmm. statistics? Yep. Um, for uh, the, the, the mode age of individuals killed in Gaza is, take a guess, Patrick. Uh, I'm, I'm going to think it's going to be young, maybe Five 16, years 17. Old. Five. five okay there we are there we are more five-year-olds have been killed than any other age group wow so i mean you know we're in a new place now you know dare i say you know in europe in the united kingdom in the united states as well as the rest of the world you know anybody with an ounce of humanity is aware of the fact now that this is the most egregious breach of human rights international law and everything else that anybody has witnessed since 1945 without a shadow of a doubt um although well you know you could claim that the iraq war you know killed more people and so on and so forth and 
that too was illegal i think with in this situation because it's been so graphically demonstrated on our screens and because uh the killing is so obviously absolutely indiscriminate it's hitting people it's hitting home harder you know i think people are sort of more cognizant of it than in the past though of course there remains a huge cognitive dissonance when it comes to zionists you know who are clinging to the as we said at the beginning the clinging to the lies about october the 7th and of course as gideon levy famously said the dissident israeli journalist the reasons why the Israelis don't consider there's a humanitarian crisis in Gaza, and they were saying that up until very recently, is because they don't consider the Palestinians to be human. So how can you have a humanitarian crisis if you're not dealing with human beings? Now, yeah, Volker yeah, Turk, yeah. Volker Turk say, the... Um, yeah. go, on. go ahead. Go ahead, Pat. Well, I was just going to say, Volker Turk, the UN uh, refugee humanitarian chief, said that Gaza is on the brink of total collapse and mass starvation and infectious diseases uh, are going to cause hundreds and thousands of deaths in the coming days. Early well, that's the plan. Time. That's the plan. And then you have yeah. people like Ben Shapiro saying that Palestinians like living in the dirt. They like living in gutter, uh, gutters. They can't build anything, etc. as if they're not living under uh, occupation, being bombed by the IDF periodically. I mean, so that's what you have in the sort of, you know, polite discourse of uh, American politics. Uh, I jest, of course. But so the but I think what's your point there, Basil, is the airs and graces of military speak have all been sort of flung to the wall. And that is like, you know, collateral damage or we're doing our best with surgical strikes. You know, we had years of all that, a diet of all those euphemisms, mm -hmm. which I call politically mm -hmm. correct language of war. And now you can see this is just total in using a modern military U.S. weaponry to indiscriminately kill civilians on an industrial scale. So this is unprecedented in yeah. that respect. So it's it does change the whole view vantage point. It, it really transforms the conversation because it shows the level of horror that certain governments, individuals are willing to go. But perhaps the most horrific thing, Basil, of all of this is seeing who is cheering for it. And that's even more kind of horrifying because it it's it brings back memories of times in the past where people were completely low empathy that they've were ambivalent to human suffering and, and massacre. This is not killing. It's not uh war. This is a massacre. These are these are defenseless civilians. They're not they don't have anti-aircraft batteries and the, the the babies don't have RPGs. They're not sitting on the roof picking off the planes. I mean, the, it's not happening. They're literally being killed in their homes. So it, on the Tel Aviv side, Basil, here you'll find this interesting. The Tel Aviv Police Department um, are now l relenting and allowing demonstrations calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. Uh, and they'll allow a demonstration on Saturday night following a court order uh, of, a, of a legal action put in by the Association for Civil Rights in Israel, petition the High Courts of Justice to allow this one rally. They had to go to the Supreme Court of Israel, the peaceniks in Tel Aviv, uh, in order to have the right to have one demonstration on Saturday. And it's going to be heavily uh, sanitized in terms of its uh, cordon sanitaire, its size, etc., 
Uh, police initially claimed they, they had a lack of manpower to, quote, secure the event, and they're afraid it could trigger disturbances. And they said, quote, this, this protest could hurt the feelings of Israelis um, who <laughs> have been evacuated from the south, occupied territories into Tel Aviv. Therefore, we we really not sure if this is uh, allowable to have such a protest. Can you believe this? Well, um, that very entertaining um, is Irish comedian, uh, I think he pronounced the name Tadda. I don't know if you've seen the videos he's created satirizing the situation between uh, Israel and Palestine. Um, he shared uh, the image of somebody who had been attacking him on social media. Uh, and this individual, I don't know his name, was pointing at a hole in the ceiling of a house in Israel, which looked as if it might have been created by, um, you know, perhaps uh, a damp patch which had gone through the floor or, you know, some other sort of DIY misadventure or something. So basically there was a hole in the ceiling of this house which was otherwise untouched which looked to be about 12 or 15 inches across and there's somebody pointing at this hole which would probably take a builder half a day to repair if that you know as evidence as evidence as justification for killing 15,000 Palestinians and reducing the whole of northern Gaza to rubble one little do you know DIY man can fix it hole in the ceiling stood there pointing at it as much as to say look look what they've done to us well they're releasing videos as well you know the idea from like in the allegedly in the basement of al-shiva hospital could just be in an office somewhere who knows and they're basically saying ah oh, look at the evidence here there's rope on the ground there's a curtain there it must be used for hostage videos and they're saying well look there's a box of nappies here there was a kitchen here and they're trying to create this story that they've sort of you know uncovered this sort of you know hamas command center and it's really turned out to be geraldo rivera and al capone's vaults that's that's basically the size of it so it's on a propaganda level it's a you know a huge fail um, but there's, they're pushing these images on CNN and Fox and they just like running these on heavy rotation. I'm kind of laughing because as this stuff is being debunked on, on Twitter, uh, Fox is just running with it through the whole evening news cycle. Like even after these things have been debunked, they even put out a video. I don't know if you saw this, but their chief propaganda minister on the ground, who's this real kind of thuggish looking, I forgot his name. Uh, but he, he basically put out a video and, uh, got the time wrong and the claim in which he was there and so forth. Uh, and it showed his watch. They ended up deleting the video and editing out that part and then putting a, a blur over the laptop, which would have been another piece of evidence to show this was staged. And then they re-released it as it edited. And then they said before it was an unedited video. This is proof Hamas was here. It, nothing of the sort, Basil. Nothing of the sort. Their propaganda operation is so bad. It makes, like I said, it makes comical Ali and Baghdad Bob look like sort of seasoned, you know, media professionals uh, deserving of the Goebbels Award. But, you know, the IDF are the worst. I mean, these guys are terrible at propaganda. Yeah, absolutely. And they've posted and deleted numerous tweets and videos over the last couple of weeks. I mean, it seems 
most of them get taken down fairly quickly after they go up fortunately not before people have screenshotted them or whatever um but it doesn't seem to make any difference in the capital cities of uh, western europe or uh, or 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 brussels for that matter that's the disappointing thing is that for all this carnage and massacring we're seeing for all the fact that it's obviously uh, i mean to say it's out of proportion with whatever happened on october the 7th is you know it, we don't have words that can sort of adequately describe it really um mm -hmm. you know it, 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 it's like being sort of you know i don't know um you know pushed by somebody in a queue and then you'd sort of turn around and as a result uh as unfortunately can happen these days on the streets of major cities you know did you disrespect me you know no i just pushed you uh, you know and you find yourself getting beaten to a pulp or something you know it's sort of off absolutely off the charts in terms of the response uh, and people keep asking the question how many palestinian children have to die before western leaders um start speaking up and the, and the answer is i don't think there is a number i think that essentially uh the likes of rishi sunak and ursula von der leyen and olaf schultz are in the same camp as lindsey graham who said there's no you know there are no innocent palestinians i mean that is effectively their position they might talk a little bit about humanitarian pauses which is itself an obscene phrase but in terms of all other meaningful public pronouncements there is no difference between more respectable politicians shall we say uh people like von der Leyen, who sort of presents herself as some kind of centrist and the genocidal maniacs there is no meaningful distinction between the two no no there's not and the prop the problem is the eu isn't definitely in a position to like apply some you know meaningful pressure on this maybe to get sort of you know a temperature check from some of their member states maybe they've already got france and a couple of others that would certainly be sympathetic and that would help to lobby for a cessation of hostilities but it really shows you exposes the real toxic agenda in brussels led by this uh i don't know what to call her but she's looking more and more like a sort of a suitable leader uh for a previous german government in 20th century history i won't get into any specifics and we will not talk about the little man with the little mustache uh but anyway uh we call it like we see it folks these people are absolute fascists anyway i'm here with yes. basil valentine uh and we're listen you're listening to tnt today's news talk we'll be right back after these messages Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. The radical left, fresh off their abortion-related victories in last week's U.S. elections, are not pausing in their dissemination of double talk and bullcrap on the issue. Here's CNN's John Avlon defending the fact that Democrats favor abortion on demand. The talking points are clear, right? It's the specter of abortion on demand, well into the third trimester, all at the hands of morally monstrous liberals. But it begs the question, how often do third trimester abortions actually occur in America? The answer is very, very rare. Get this. In 2020, 93% of abortions occurred in the first trimester, according to the CDC. Another 6% occurred between 14 and 20 weeks, early in the second trimester. Less than 1% were performed at 21 weeks or more. 
Which is to say that third trimester abortions are vanishingly rare. So let's say Avalon's correct. 1% would have been some 9,000 such abortions in 2020, according to the Guttmacher Institute, a group committed to the so-called reproductive rights, and to people like John Avalon, killing 9,000 wholly formed babies is not even worth mentioning. It's who they are. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malzberg. Listen to my show, 9 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, right here on TNT Radio. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out, because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear, because I'm grilling up dinner. (laughs) Do you get it? Yes, good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container, because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. See, Smokey thinks I'm funny. Patrick Henningsen and TNT. All right, folks, listen, listen, listen. Welcome back. We're still in the first hour here. Thank you guys for joining us. Hello to everybody, our soldiers of In the Information War in the TNT chat room. Hello, I see you guys in there. You are acknowledged, and we salute you on the front lines of the information war. Thank you for being there. And also, uh, hello to everybody uh, listening on the TNT Radio app. You can download that from the Google Play or the Apple Store, and you can actually pipe that in quite nicely, as we often do when we're driving through the Bluetooth connection onto the car stereo, either the live stream or the podcasting archives, which are available for every show. Very well organized, neatly by the segment, by the hour, all the shows there at your fingertips. Go to the Patrick Henningsen show and just scroll down on our show page on TNT and you'll see the listen back section. It'll be in chronological order, which means that if you miss any of the live broadcast Monday to Friday, you can actually listen at your leisure, which many people do. And we'll also put the featured interviews, all the best interviews we'll put up at 21stCenturyWire.com. That's also uh, mirrored on our Rumble channels, our BitChute channels, our Odyssey channels, and all these other great platforms online. Joining us now is Basil Valentine, host of Compass with Basil Valentine, the leading international news digest in global media. He's on the line right now. Uh, Basil, uh, you mentioned before the uh, comments from the UN High Commissioner on Human Rights, Volker Turk, and he's asking to visit Gaza, but, and here's the quote here, Israel is not aware of any added benefit of the High Commissioner's visit at this time. The Israeli (laughs) mission to the UN said in Geneva and told the agency after being addressed on the issue, Turk visited the Middle East last week, but Israel was not among the destinations. It seems he was not welcome there. The Israeli government said it would not issue visas. Listen to this. They said they would not issue visas to the United Nations officials in late October after the UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez suggested that the deadly attacks on Israel by Hamas did not happen in a vacuum. What level of vindictiveness and sort of just malicious spitefulness are are, are these these people allowed to basically display? Uh, you'd think that the U.S. would want to rein them in. So this death of diplomacy here, I mean, th- this could have huge World War III type implications if this horror is left unchecked and it triggers some of the Arab neighbors here that don't want to sit around and watch the slaughter. The best they could do, Israel, is to la- allow the U.N. Human Rights Agency in. Allow some people in, diffuse the tension. No, they're not doing that, Basil. Well, um, I, I wouldn't expect any of the Arab nations to do anything, although um, 
I believe Turkey started making moves towards filing uh, charges against the Israeli regime in the international courts, but no military intervention is going to come from Iran, Hezbollah, Egypt, Syria, or anybody else. Um, interestingly, not, Erdogan, not in the short term, maybe not now, but it's, it's still a possibility. Certainly, Hezbollah looks like they would be one that would act. In what way, Basil? We're not sure. Well, I mean, you know, they yeah. said Hezbollah, you know, before the ground assault took place, you know, Hezbollah sort of said, if you go in on the ground, we will attack. And now Israel's mm -hmm. done so. And although the skirmishes in northern Israel have increased in intensity, there hasn't been the kind of, you know, full-scale Hezbollah attack that might have been the case Um and of course, Erdogan also uh, asked the Israelis, you know, have you got nuclear weapons? Are you threatening your neighbors with nuclear weapons? Because um, obviously Israel has an undeclared nuclear program, as as everybody knows. Um, now, I, I don't see any military intervention coming from Arab states. Um, I think we're more likely to see and this makes me so, so sad to say it, the ethnic cleansing of Gaza on a, what at least the Israelis will attempt to make a permanent basis. They will claim, possibly with American support, that, uh, you know, these people cannot be allowed to live as our neighbours. They are too dangerous. They will attack us. Therefore, we have to, you know, rid... The entire area of their presence because we are not safe with palestinians as neighbors look at october the 7th and so you're getting talking heads popping up on msnbc and articles in the washington post and the new york times encouraging european countries to take palestinian refugees and not on a temporary basis permanently now this is a war crime this ethnic cleansing is a war crime but of course the attempt is to frame it as humanitarian look here's a wonderful opportunity for europe to show what a true humanitarian paradise it is for people fleeing war zones the germans took a couple of million uh, afghans and iraqis a few years ago we've all welcomed ukrainians into our hearts and homes and now we must do the same for palestinians so they're basically enabling uh ethnic cleansing by doing that and so you yes. know wh where's the well, a it, month ago they should have said why can't these people stay in their own home so israel's saying oh we're going to wipe it all out and you know because we're looking for the excuses we're looking for hamas and any civilians that stay uh well you're 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 basically in the way and you're putting your own life at risk because we're going to come in and flatten the place and then at the same that they're saying that out of one side of their mouth basil and the other side of their mouth the israelis are saying hamas is keeping the people there against their will and using them as human shields well it can't it can't all be true but in the wild world of the kaleidoscope of israeli media reality all is true simultaneously and completely self-contradictory and hypocritical and that's the way the conversation's been run and it's all just a convenient cover basil for the end result just look at the look at their results the results speak for themselves yeah um obviously what the americans do and say is important with respect to this 
Blinken has said that he wants the Palestinian Authority to come in and run Gaza. Um, but uh, it looks like the Israelis want to take it over and occupy it, ethnically cleanse it permanently. The you know the dead corpse of uh, the two-state solution. You know they're trying to sort of revive that in a Frankenstein fashion in the West. You know that's the talk anyway. There's never interesting enough from senior Western politicians. There's never any talk of a one-state solution of equal rights for everybody in a single democratic state covering the whole of historic Palestine. God uh, forbid. We, God forbid. Well, well, of course, that's the end of the Zionist project, you see. That means... Um, uh, but instead, they're talking about this two-state management. But, you know, where exactly is the Palestinian state supposed to exist? 197 Palestinians have been killed in the West Bank since October the 7th and 140 Palestinian structures have been demolished in the West Bank since October the 7th. We never hear a peep about that from any US official or European official, UK official. All that, all that doesn't exist, but that's no surprise because that's been going on for decades anyway, and they never speak about that. Um, you know, the bright sparks are that it's become okay again to say that Zionism as a political ideology has to come to an end. Mm, you know, yes. that, that, yes, you know yes. it's, it, it, it's okay again to say that this is evil, what's being done. That's the only way to describe it. I mean, the casualties, the deaths are one thing, but almost worse um, are the mutilations. Uh, I, I saw a Reuters you know a four-year-old girl with both her legs blown off she survived so she now faces uh, what sort of future patrick do you know what i mean where is the empathy from the west for that little girl why has she had her legs blown off and she's one of thousands we count the deaths of course you know nobody knows how many there are so many people trapped under rubble, probably somewhere between 15 and 20,000 people dead, which represents 1% of the population of Gaza. Um, but uh, tens of thousands more injured, many of them critically. You know. Listen to this. The Israeli ambassador to the United Nations in Geneva, the name is Mirav Elion Sharhar, has hit out at the organization, I guess the you here, expressing concerns over the IDF's continued attacks in Gaza. So, uh, is... <laughs> I mean, it's easy, sorry to interrupt, but it's just so ludicrous that, you know, he's hitting out at people expressing concern at the massacre of civilians. You know, people yeah. just need to sort of sit and think about that for a moment before they listen to whatever he's got to say. Uh, the, the other UN, um, Israeli ambassador to the UN in New York, of course, has accused the UN of being a hotbed of anti-Semitism, basically. Everybody, oh, all the relief workers, the yeah. entire secretariat, they're all anti-Semites. Yeah, according to this new, uh, yeah, so they're going to try to bring in the IHRA definition and sort of clean house at the UN like they did to the Labour Party in the UK. So that, listen to this. So this is what she's saying. This is the... Uh, Israeli ambassador here in Geneva at the sort of UN outpost there. And she's saying international law is not a suicide pact, she insists. If a country is unable to, quote, defend itself, 
or is criticized for doing so in line with international law. So they, they're, they're still claiming they're somehow in line with international law when clearly they're not even close. And she continues, and, and, um, uh, inevitably, terrorist organizations will become more and more emboldened to continue to deploy these methods, these terror methods, uh, breaking out of the prison. How dare they, confident in continuing, they're going to get international support. So they're really kind of bent out of shape, Basil, at the so-called international support for the Palestinians. They're totally confounded. They don't understand how this is happening. Where are all these people manifesting on the streets around the world? The Israeli delegations are scratching their heads. They're beside themselves, Basil. They can't believe (laughs) that the people of the peoples of the world are not in their camp. So talk about cognitive dissonance. Yeah, absolutely. They're completely deluded, amongst other things. Um, I saw a map showing uh, the locations of both pro-Palestine and pro-Israel demonstrations in different parts of the world where they're located. And the pro-Israel demonstrations are confined almost entirely to parts of uh, Northern America and Northern and Western Europe and are outnumbered probably by um, protests both in support of the Palestinian people and of course simply for a ceasefire for humanity in general um, they're outnumbered about 10 to 1. Uh, I also saw a rather amusing meme on social media um, because uh, you know seeking to uh, overplay the number of people at Chucky Schumer's pro-war demo in the week i don't know if you saw many images from that but the crowd was actually very thin there it were did probably look a only bit thin. A, yeah. yeah what did they there claim were what were numbers were they kicking four, around i don't know what they claimed but uh, i'd be surprised if there were many more than about four or five thousand people there mm-hmm. yeah i've seen photos of you know a couple hundred thousand around the uh, uh washington monument there and it's you know pretty full at least halfway up the reflection pool and up to the steps. That's where we had the uh, no to NATO anti war rally back. Well, in, people are in, suggesting in that those might have. People are suggesting that those photographs may have been doctored to make it look as if there's more people. There were more people there than there really were. Oh, that's interesting. That would be yes. a, a new, a new well, achievement. I, it wouldn't, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't surprise us. Oh, listen, we're gonna to... we're gonna break real quick. Final thoughts here. We're just gonna we're gonna break on this hour. But thanks, Bows, for joining us. Uh, quick, quick, quick uh, thoughts before we go. Go ahead um well you know we've got to just hope that the carnage stops sooner rather than later and um you know when the the chips have fallen as it were when the pieces are on the ground this is going to leave israel and the politicians who supported it the people who didn't vote for a ceasefire in the united kingdom last night for example completely isolated be very interesting to see what happens at the next uk general election because People are going to be presented with two parties, both of whom supported the massacre of children. And they're not going to like it. The the hope that certainly in Westminster is that by the time the next general election, everybody will have forgotten about this. But I don't think that's true. I don't think they would have done. I agree. I agree. These images are going to be uh, emblazoned on the brains of so many people. They cannot see what they've seen. Basil Valentine, host of Compass with Basil Valentine here on TNT. Thank you for joining us this week. Really appreciate your analysis. Thank you, Patrick. 
And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Follow Basil on Twitter, X says underscore Basil, and also Monday to Friday, 12 p.m. UK Time Compass with Basil Valentine, International News Digest. Top of the hour news headlines coming up. I'm Patrick Henningsen, your host. We're going to connect with Dr. Jean Aramton. Looking forward to this discussion. Find out what's in Erdogan's mind with Israel and more Christian James as well. It's going to be a packed hour too, so don't miss it. I'll see you guys in a few. Mm-hmm.